everybody. So this is so fun. We are here to talk about a very special film. This is our uh, fifth in our Studio Ghibli Fest uh, uh, podcast. And uh, my friend Severance here to talk about Spirited Away. Hi. <laughs> How you doing, Rachel? Yeah. And this is one of the great movies I think ever made. I, it is just an astonishing, I feel like that word masterpiece gets thrown around so willy-nilly these days. Yeah. And I'm always kind of like, mm, no. And, but, <laughs> but I think that I Spirited you. Away truly is a masterpiece. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, yes. Uh, is your experience with this film and how did you feel about the rewatch? I, uh, I saw it when it was originally, I saw the, I don't know if it was the original theatrical release, but it, you know, they did a, a, a big screen. It was on, you know, in, on the big screen. Right. Sometime around 2000. Well, I think it was released in 2001 and whenever the English dub was released, you know, I think John Lasseter was involved with it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I saw it on the big screen for the first time. I guess long, long answer to your question. <laughs> Sorry. I think it was uh, 2003. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. So that was the first time I believe I've watched it on DVD or Blu-ray since. Oh, 2002. Um, it was 2002. 2002. It won the um. It Did won it? the Oscar. Yeah, for best animated film, didn't it? Yes, uh, in two thousand, like it was awarded in two thousand three. That's what I was thinking. Oh, uh, okay. It was for two thousand two. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds right. Uh, so I was I was very happy again to see it on the big screen, and this was the first time I've seen the the Japanese. So the uh, yeah the, the Japanese sub. yeah the subtitle the English subtitle. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you? Awesome. Yeah. So this was my introduction. I think for a lot of people is their introduction to Studio Ghibli. Uh, when uh, I remember that I, um, Ebert and Roper at the time that I was, because mm -hmm. I was always a regular watcher of what, whatever Roger Ebert was on, I watched whatever version of that show I was yes. watched. Yes. And, uh, and I remember him getting on and saying that, because it was kind of a rough time for animation a little bit uh, oh, during those 2000s, I guess, except for rough, Pixar. Rough years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember him getting on there and saying, if this doesn't win, him saying it was a masterpiece, and him saying if it doesn't win the best animated uh, Oscar, they should just stop giving the award out. And I was like, whoa, okay. Wow. I got to yeah. go see this. And uh, so I saw it, and I just thought it was amazing. And then I went and saw, I rented, you know, Totoro and uh, Kiki. I think those. Oh, cool. Ones, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think Ponyo I, I then saw a, a couple of years later, whenever that was. Uh, I remember really, uh, it became something I was always going to look forward to after the experience with uh, Spirited Away. And I, I really looked look forward to Arietti. Uh, Wind Rises, all of those films uh, became something I was really excited about. And uh, yeah, I mean, this film just blew me away then. And it blew me away again tonight. <laughs> um, it's, it's one, it's kind of like Nausicaa in the way that it's, it's sort of hard to talk about because it's so amazing. And it's just like, how do you, 
how do you put into words? How do you describe it challenges my abilities yeah. to, oh, as yeah. a, <laughs> to describe? But it's, I think what makes it so special is that it is probably the most original movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I, literally every single thing that happens to me is unpredictable and a surprise. Yes. And, uh, and not in a, like, ooh, I'm going to try to kind of, there's not a twist or anything, but just like you really, you have no idea whether like you're going to get a giant baby or like <laughs> a dragon being chased by paper, paper birds or uh, yeah. no face or just everything. It's just so creative yeah. and so original and it, so it's un- just unbelievable. I mean, I guess you can compare it to Alice in Wonderland. Yes. But I think that Alice in Wonderland uh, is, I mean, I guess it's just because it's been part of the public consciousness so long with Alice in Wonderland. Uh, and and it, it has more of sort of a, um, a lyrical kind of quality to it, I think, mm-hmm. that, I don't know, it's just not quite as, uh, it's, it's just not quite the same as this. But it, that's probably the closest you could get but both, I mean, both of those are extremely original. <laughs> it's just that we've we've had Alice in Wonderland for forever, so it doesn't right. maybe feel as original. But right. I, it's just it's just amazing. Yeah, I really echo your sentiment, Rachel. I I have nothing but respect for this movie. It's yeah. it is so beautifully animated, so expertly put together. As you said, every thing that happens every character that introduces is is introduced as a surprise and and you never know which which way it's it's going to go so it's it's really it's really uh an impressive film and i guess uh because miyazaki always has almost always has a lead female young girl sort of protagonist and i guess he got the sort of the inspiration for this movie uh he was uh, spending time with a friend of his and who had a 10 year old daughter and basically like the daughter was a super brat. And like, he was like, this, this isn't good. This is bad. And so like he, he kind of, he decided to make this story about this sort of brat who kind of learns, you know, to, to go through this experience and sort of learns to be independent, learns to yeah. be strong. And so that's really interesting. We can all be grateful for that little brat. <laughs> That's interesting, you know. And I've I've wondered. That's so. I'm so glad you shared that because I've I've wondered what his inspiration was. Was it a, yeah, his own child or, or or some other? And because that's one of the most interesting things to me in the film about uh, Chihiro. Am I saying? Am I saying her name? Chihiro, right? yeah. Uh, is is her character arc? I think you know where at the beginning she just seems like a scared. It's kind of spoiled kid in in a lot of ways, you know. And then the interesting things that that makes her uh, grow up. I really like your Alice in Wonderland comparison, and to me, it also feels a lot like The Wizard of Oz for some reason. To uh, because it's almost like Dorothy. I you know, in a way, just seeing all these really bizarre <laughs> things. But uh, growing up. Yeah, I mean, it definitely has a a little bit of a Wizard of Oz kind of feel with the sense that, like, she's trying to get back home 
She's trying to get back to her parents. You know, there's there's sort of some of these same elements. There's definitely sort of a wicked witch kind of element too. Yeah. That you can kind of uh, uh, respond to, you can kind of compare. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting. It says here that, so he's 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 at this um, cabin with his friends for the summer. And they have, I guess there was actually five girls, but there was one that was 10 and was kind of whiny. And he said, it says here, but he had not created a film for 10-year-old girls. So he read some of these mangas, he read some of these things, and he said that he he felt they only offered subjects on crushes and romance. When looking at his young friends, Miyazaki felt this was not what they held dear in their hearts and decided to produce the film about a girl heroine whom they could look up to instead. I love that so much. That's great. No, it's (laughs) terrific. And and that's what he did, you know, what he did. I love that so much that like he wanted to make something that was like dear to their hearts and, and make a character that really evolved and they could really relate to and want to, cause there was, there were some um, little girls at the screening tonight and I was like, are, are they, they're not going to, are they going to have starting a struggle? Cause they probably don't know how to read that well. And, but they were just like transfixed. I think the imagery just enough, cause it's not a super wordy movie, but still, uh, I don't know. There's just something about it to see Chihiro go through what she goes through and just become stronger and work harder and be so loyal and uh, so kind and her and what her love, as opposed to like saying these these uh, uh you know these books and stories about you know crushes and true love, which I love those stories. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a huge Cinderella nut, but um uh, I don't know. There's just something special about a creator making something that will be dear to their heart. The lead of this movie is named Chihiro. And uh, she's kind of whiny and bratty at the start. <laughs> and uh, she uh, is complaining about having to move. That's that's sort of the hard thing. And it kind of reminds me in a way of Riley. Yeah, in, I was, was going to say it very much has an inside out kind of vibe to it yeah. in, that, in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So, the difficulties, and I think we all can relate, you know, yeah. difficulties of changing schools and your life gets upended, you know, if, yeah. you know, if and when your family moves when you're a child. Well, and I think Pete Doctor would be another director that makes things that are dear to people's heart. Yes. Dear to his heart, and yeah. uh, you can just tell. And, yeah. uh, and so, anyway, so Chihiro uh, is complaining. They end up uh, getting kind of lost, her and her parents. And they find this old abandoned uh, bathhouse. At least that's what it appears to be. And uh, but there's this smell of this food, and uh, the her parents start just like wolfing down this food. But Chihiro is like, I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that stuff. And uh, yeah, so her parents end up turning into pigs. And I think that is one of the scariest. Yeah, and uh, most intense sort of moments of the movie. How did you feel about that? Oh, I thought it was scary. You know, uh, I thought it was scary the first time and it was scary again tonight. Uh, and again, just so, ex- it's a scene so expertly crafted. Yeah. It reminds me of the scene in uh, Disney's Pinocchio when mm. when uh, the little boys turn into jackasses, you know? Yeah, and, and, that's uh, a good comparison. How how scary that is. And, and, uh, that, that whole scene is, is set up, I think so, so well, because 
you know, Chihiro's parents, initially they seem like they're just parents. I mean, they're parents, you know, it's just a mom and you know, there's kind of the plan, the mom and dad. Mm-hmm. But uh, in a way, you know, the parents kind of come off as un- unlikable yeah. in, in, a, in a way. Not that it makes them turning into pigs any any better. I wanted to get your opinion on this because, you know, first off, the mom, the they're driving an Audi car, which is clear, <laughs> you know, because they're the four rings, right? Yeah, and, I didn't notice that, but you're right. And thinking, okay, well, so that's an instant way to say this family probably has some money. Right. It's not a Japanese car. Right. And I think, you know, it'd be expensive to have an Audi in Japan. Right. And and then, you know, when they when they find the buffet, all the, you know, all the food, they're like, oh, we there was no one there to help them, but they're like, oh, we can pay for it. And then they just start going at it, you know. And and uh, I don't know. that I Yeah. Well, just the fact that they're so, like, not sensitive to yeah. what, what this is, and Jiro immediately feels it and kind of backs off, like, right. kind of uh, shows. And, and also, even just, like, a little thing with her mom being like, don't, don't tug at me, you know? Like, don't. Right. Like, that, that sort of feels a little bit like. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, thought that was a, I thought it was an interesting choice. I'm processing through it still again. I'm like, I wonder what that really means, or if there was a meaning mm-hmm. but another one that i just thought of that kind of similar is Coraline. yes her yeah. parents are kind of awful <laughs> i mean these aren't exactly. as bad as that but just the way that uh, Coraline continues to love her parents yeah and want to get them get the the right ones even though she could be with these ones that seem i seem perfect in a way uh yeah. but she continues to love uh, her her real parents and uh um you know so that that's just made me think of what we were talking about. Oh, that's, no, that, I think that's spot on. And again, maybe this is one of those things that's to help us show what a good person Chihiro is, you know, yeah. that she's, because it really becomes her main focus to help save her parents. Yeah. Uh, and even though they might, you know, they've been wrecking her life, you know, with this move and stuff, but she still wants to save them. Yeah. Well, and also it gives us something like she's not too bratty. It's not like, um, no, she's not, she's not at all. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely other heroines that are just too unlikable at first. And you just get really turned off, uh, by these kind of annoying kids Uh, (laughs) and not here, here you, you really, even sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes Pinocchio can be a little annoying if I'm oh. completely honest. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pinocchio often is not a sympathetic character. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. It just shows a certain degree of independence uh, and neediness. You got those two sides of her and, uh, and I, she just grows up so much through the course of this movie. And I think that that's really, really uh, an important thing. And I think that's why we all connect with it so much. And particularly, you know, young people really connect with it. And so, well, can I talk about one thing before we go yeah, on? Please. It's just about this about this setup. I throughout this film, and I'll probably you know be bringing this up a bunch, Rachel. I really wish I could read Japanese, and I wish oh, I, yeah. I had more cultural understanding because that scene where the parents are walking to the buffet, you know, walking through that abandoned—they're calling it an abandoned theme park, basically—but it's almost like it's you know, Main Street, USA at Disneyland, you yeah, know, yeah. But, but Japanese, right? I mean, the way they've got the Japanese buildings and the lamp, the lamps and lanterns and stuff. 
but uh, I, I've wondered if there's any significance of it because there's, there's so much writing on the buildings and on the walls. And I found, I, I did find a website that was, that was talking about that and I didn't dive into, into it too much because I really wanted to come in more kind of spoiler free again, uh-huh. try it and then I'll, I'll have to do some more. Yeah, but, I'm sure there's tons of Easter eggs and tons of yeah. uh, things because he's a very detail oriented director. Right. And even like warnings or something, you know, that these people are just progressing into this area or environment, which they probably shouldn't be there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, it's, this yeah. is this something I wondered in what, if you had any thoughts about that. Well, he does such a great job in creating atmosphere. And, yes. and, and yeah. just, you, you feel immersed, you feel part of it. And he's great at doing that in general. The music helps a lot. Uh, talk about that. that but, yeah, my favorite, <laughs> that Joe Hisaishi music is the, so fantastic. Ugh. And yeah. the way that it's all sort of translucent and, and uh, you do feel like, Oh, there's something weird about this food. Like, don't eat that food. Like, yeah, you know, know. It just it just in the way it looks and the way, because like, I love anime food. Let's just put that out there. I love the way food looks in anime. Yeah. And, <laughs> and but it's it a little look weird here. There's just yeah. something, I don't know, you know, you're just <sighs> freaking out, of course, like anybody would. And she ends up by the river and she meets uh, Haku, a boy, young boy. Mm-hmm. and they have this like sort of instantaneous connection he tries to get her to leave but she doesn't get she can't she doesn't get it fast enough and so she's like stuck there uh in on the at the bathhouse and as soon as uh the sun goes down that's when you see all these spirits you see all the things that that were invisible before and uh and one thing I wondered about is that, so you have these humans that are at the bathhouse and yeah. you have Haku, who we know is basically controlled by Yobaba. Yo, um, Yo ba- Yo yeah. What about the other humans? Do you have an idea of kind of what's going on <laughs> with them? I don't have a clue because there's <laughs> all this talk about, you know, when Chihiro shows up, they can smell her. They're saying, yeah. They smell her. And like, oh, this disgusting human is here. And, and uh, you know, Haku says, well, once she starts eating our food, you know, well, we won't smell her anymore. And, and the, other, the other people there, it's like I, some of them, like that one young girl who helps, who helps Chihiro mm-hmm. in a way. And I forget, I forget that she, character. I think it's Chen, maybe? She, yeah. Something yeah. like that. You know, she definitely looks human. And some of her other co- cohorts... But then some of those other pe- others, I could never tell if they were like a very stylized, you know, hi, hi, uh, Miyazaki human or like yeah. bad bad person, or yeah, were they some, something altogether <laughs> different? Because there's so many creatures, different creatures in this film. I, I just I don't know. How's yeah. that answer long answer. Another long answer to your question. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I guess they've forgotten their names uh, yeah. because, and they that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of Yubaba's strategies of keeping people and controlling yeah. them. She gets them to forget their names. So she gives, uh, Chihiro a different name of Sen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right, we should all talk about, so she, she's told by uh, Haku to go to the boiler room and get a job. And that's one of the cool things I think about this movie is you see her, 
move from being this whiny, kind of complaining character to, to not taking no for an answer, to standing up for herself yeah. and working really hard. And uh, I don't know, I love that in her I character. Yeah, I love that part too. And, you know, to get to that boiler room, she has to do some scary stuff. I mean, that, that mm -hmm. stairway, that looks just terrifying. You know, <laughs> she, has to, she has to go down. And, and, and then the guy in the boiler room uh, with the six arms or whatever. Yeah, I go. love him. I He's, love that whole scene. It's such a cool character, but scary. You know, yeah. again, it, it, would all, it would all be so scary. And she really shows what she's made of. She's really brave and she sticks, she sticks to her guns. I love, it. talking about attention to details, I love the little so, so oh, spiders I know. so much. They're and, so great. <laughs> and those, like, they feed them those little stars. This is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> it is, it's so cool. And it's so weird, too. It's just like, yeah, it's so weird. But it well, works. And they take all of this time for these just like little moments, like when Shihiro helps the one set thing uh, with, because it's getting squashed. And then as soon as that happens, then all of them like getting, are getting squashed and don't want to help and everything. It's like you can't do their work for them. You have to yeah. let them do their own work. Yeah. And uh, you have to be strong on your own. You can't lean on, on anybody else. And... There's also the amazing scene where she crosses the bridge, trying to hold her breath. I mean, there's just so much that's amazing in this film. Uh, but she finds, meets Yubaba. And like I said, Yubaba gives her a new name. And what do you feel about Yubaba? Well, um, what a creepy looking character, you know? She's yeah. got this, I mean, she looks like a, the quintessential studio ghibli old person but with this gigantic head right just yeah. gi absolutely gigantic and this little short squat body and she she can transform into a bird right mm -hmm. or whatever that is i don't know what she does but she can she also can fly but I, she, she's a good villain yeah. you know, Bob is, is is a good villain i i can't say that i completely understood her, her motivations and i don't know again if part of it is just my uh lack of understanding of of japanese culture you know uh if, if she's trying to if she represents something or what i, I i'm not sure i but i do like her as a villain because she's so striking and she's just nasty you yeah. know yeah what did think you think she's of kind her? of i think she's kind of a wicked the wicked witch kind yeah. of type i mean because you have much a wicked witch and then her sister is sort of the other then we side find out that she's got a yeah she's got a good sister who looks very similar now I was Looks trying, exactly the same, really, yeah, your sister. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, are there any other facial things that, that differentiate the two? You know, I'm not sure, I'm honestly. Not sure. I think <laughs> it seems to me that the sister wears less jewelry. Maybe that's true. Because you yeah. know how uh, Yobaba has all those rings on her fingers and she's you know, doing all that stuff on her desk with all the money and things. The sister doesn't seem to do that, but... I'm going to have to look up some pictures and see yeah. if they're, they look very similar though. Yeah. yeah I, I think it, it works. I mean, you have this delicious quality about you, Baba, that she has this like giant baby, yeah. which is so creative and crazy and weird. It, and it's the weirdest thing in the world to me. And again, it's, it's, it's great. And I respect yeah. it, 
but I just it just goes over my head. I'm like, what is this giant baby doing here? Yeah, but it's just classic, like I don't know, kind of villain of like uh, I don't know. I feel like that's very classic for a villain. Like it almost reminds me of like I said in the Wicked Witch, just like oh, what a world, what a world. <laughs> that's exactly it. High high drama. I mean, yeah. she, you know, she's Ursula <laughs> the Sea You hurt my baby. <laughs> you know, she's any any great animated animated villain and yeah with with this baby that she's trying to protect us yeah does the baby does the baby have power or do you know what the baby i mean this and as i'm wondering too is the baby some kind of a symbol again well, i don't really know because um yeah. because the baby has like it gets turned into a mouse later on and uh, he's uh, he's she says Zaniba Zaniba says oh they could have changed long ago they're happy where they're at mm-hmm. so I don't know if he's perpetually a baby because he does learn how to I think it's walk yeah walk or at least like, or at least stand honestly yeah <laughs> so I don't know uh, what is quite the deal with the baby and, yeah um, I mean that's okay. I guess some people that might bother them because they want to have every question answered or. I've a, 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 a yeah. one of my followers, one of my friends, um, he goes to a movie and he always comes back with like 15 million questions. And I'm like, I'm like, Ryan, that's part of the fun of these movies is, is, uh, is not to have every question answered yeah. and not to like, <laughs> they just, uh, they are what they are, you know? Yeah. There's uh, a, there's a giant baby and we don't know why. We and should we, have uh, some mystery and some yeah. fun and <laughs> right. and whatever in these stories. Uh, and you, I mean, you have Haku. We learn Haku is basically under the control of Yubaba. But I think that's a big thing of Yubaba. She wants control yeah. and power. Yeah. Over and, everything and everybody. Yeah. And so she takes away Chihiro's name, makes her Sen. And, uh, and when, and Chihiro realizes when she sees that card, she realizes she's forgotten she's forgotten her name and that's Yubaba's strategy and Haku has forgotten his name basically mm-hmm. and so uh you know it's an interesting thing of course I, we know that names are very important in Japanese culture yeah you know, we all love your name <laughs> and uh, it's a sign of of really love like your give somebody a new name give somebody a, a their their name like it's just an important thing of that of that culture yeah and so that's all kind of mixed in there. And then there's also basically like two major guests that we get to know as part of the bathhouse that's are, take up quite a bit of time. Uh, you have the river spirit, who's the first one, and he is very polluted. And it, it's up to uh, Chihiro to uh, remove the pollution, which is like, it looks like it's just one thing that's stuck in him. And, uh, but it turns out it's like <laughs> tons of stuff. There's so much stuff. Yeah. Never ending stuff. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that whole scene, I think, is just a delight. <laughs> it's just really fun. It doesn't a, really have a whole lot to do with the story, except for she gets the, uh, the magic goo that the river spirit gives you, the, the yeah. little thing of clay. Yeah. Which um keep makes you more human, I think. Yeah, I guess, and, and and it seems to have some kind of healing qualities too. But yeah, it kind of 
it seemed to me like it it righted some wrongs, which we you know which we can get to. Uh, yeah. When did that, you think of that of that um, creature and that whole part? Well, it's it, it's fascinating because it's just this giant blob of mud. I mean, it's huge, right? I mean, it seems like it's ten times as big as any of the you know ten twenty times as big as any of the people or whatever the you know the creatures that inhabit the bath they're there at the bathhouse uh and it almost seemed to be you know clearly it seems like it was something that needed to be freed you know and so it gets cleansed in the bath or baptized or whatever you want to call it at the bathhouse and as you mentioned you know chihiro frees it sets it free basically you know by by purging all this stuff I couldn't really tell. I mean, it seemed like it, it was just full of objects. Is that, that as Yeah, it's just purged. from the river. Yeah. The river is very polluted. And, and so it seemed, I wonder if it was like an environmental thing. Mm-hmm. You know, or, I think a little bit, yeah. Again, not too heavy-handed and not anything. I, I don't think that was any of the, really a, a theme he was trying to bring up. But it almost seemed like, I, I was wondering I mean, about mater- materialism. yeah. Well, and that, that is true with both of these spirits that we're going to talk about. But also, you know, to reward Chihiro for not giving up and keep working and keep, you know, yeah. keep at it. And and and, uh, and there's just some stunning animation in that part. I love when she's like under the water and you see like her hair just like float oh. up. And, oh, it's, so. Admit, it's, it's so, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's so creative and mind-blowing. You just, it's just, you just, ha- you just haven't seen anything like it. And- yeah. Oh. And of course, she also, like I said, gets that clay uh, that she then uses is kind of a healing kind of clay that she uses throughout the rest of the film. So that's sort of the other other point of that part. Guest that comes is No Face. It's called No Face. And uh, it's pretty iconic. You can't probably see my... Oh, yay! You got it on your shirt. Rad. <laughs> that's it. And, yeah. yeah. And so No Face... Uh, is a uh, I forget what kind of spirit he is. He's just a no face. Anyway, he's yeah, a spirit. Yeah. And, and <laughs> do we see? Are there some other no faces that are around? Or is he the only one? I think he's I guess, the only one. I think you're right. He's the only one because we see a lot of like black silhouettes. Yeah. You know. And so his job. Yeah. yeah, his job is to basically like tempt the people at the bathhouse. And she does. She actually lets him in, uh, but um, she because she just thinks he's a regular guest. And uh, she, he he tempts the people with gold, and they give him whatever that uh, whatever uh, yeah. he wants. He can and, create gold. It seems like right. The yes. gold just just flows from you know from his hands, and the little gold nugget, gold nuggets. Yeah, and everybody goes bonkers in the bathhouse over the, over this. Right. But there's this like anger, there's this weird side to him where he'll like all of a sudden just start like swallowing the people, swallow people <laughs> and, and things. Like that first thing he swallows up is the, the talking frog. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he, and he yeah. kind of gets some frog characteristics like a frog legs, you know, in a way, doesn't he? Kind of. Yeah, he ends up getting legs at a certain point. He just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah. and they keep feeding him more and more and more. And uh, there's a great moment where he basically offers uh, Chihiro 
or sen at this point, uh, like handfuls of gold, and everybody's just like freaking out, and she's like, "Excuse me." <laughs> yeah, she's not. <laughs> it's it's of no value to her. Right. Yeah. Because uh, she's trying to get help for Haku at that point, who has uh, been injured. We also get. I mean, there's just so much in this movie. It's so hard. So yeah. So Haku has. Uh, crashed basically he he is a dragon uh but he's being like followed by all these paper uh kind of airplanes i guess paper birds whatever you want to call it i love that scene when i'll uh, just the whole scene with him and the, the the paper i love it i think it's amazing it's amazing yeah it's and so do you know what the paper again i'm wondering if it's if it's significant if it's symbolic of something or if it's it's just there because it's cool, and I, I'm not trying to overthink it. Probably it probably is because origami and paper, and yeah. you know that's a thing in Japan. I don't know. And then one of one of the papers sticks to Chihiro and helps her, right? As you know, so initially they seem like they're bad because they're hurting. They seem to be hurting Haku, but then the one helps Chihiro. So again, yeah, I don't get it, but it's cool. <laughs> it's so cool. Well, and at this point, Zaniba is a villain because she's the one, like, she's angry at Haku. She's trying to follow Haku. And I guess the paper are called sh Shikigami. That's what they're called. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and so Zaniba is angry because Haku stole this seal from her, which I guess is a magic seal. And uh, he, she wants it back. She's very upset. And... Uh, she that's when she trans transforms the baby into the, the mouse and uh, she transforms these three rolling heads into the baby to trick you Baba because they don't get along very well the two the of them three, the three rolling heads too it's just like, they're so weird they're so yeah. delightfully weird though yeah. delightfully oh, weird oh no question but yeah it's like okay there's yeah. three rolling heads ends up finding uh, uh, Haku and going and giving her some of this this uh, giving him some of this uh, clay this uh, emetic dumpling as they call it and uh, it makes it so uh, he basically like throws up the seal and the slug and I guess it's the slug that had been controlling him uh, by that Yubaba had been using to control him. And, and so the reason why she's able to do that, and she finds this out from, uh, from the, um, what's his name? Uh, um, uh, Kamaji, the boiler room guy. Uh, she finds out that it was her love for Haku that was made that happen and made it work, which is really cute. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that too. You know, that, um, that's so interesting, you know, the the dumpling scene, that how she, you know, Chihiro makes Haku, you know, in dragon form, eat it. And I love how she just squeezes his mouth shut and just is forcing him to swallow, yeah. you know, because he doesn't want to do it. But again, another real tribute to her, her bravery. Mm -hmm. I also think that scene when, you know, she gives the dumpling to, to No Face and then he just Oh, yeah. He, he pukes for five minutes. <laughs> you know, but he's just all that stuff that he's consumed 
is leaving his body and he seems like he's really mad about it but it's what needs to happen you know yeah she 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 saves him too it's yeah she like saves him from the this like greedy horrible side of him yeah this frenzy it's like this materialistic frenzy of everybody's going crazy for the gold that he's generating and all he's doing is then is just eating everything he can see and it's i don't know again i was wondering if that was symbolic and again i hope i'm not overthinking overthinking it but (laughs) but again and i i I just wondered if miyazaki was talking you know talking about the the perils of uh of overconsumption you know of of, of materialism and because the the baby does that at a point too right i mean how the baby and uh I think you can't, it can't not be a little bit of symbolism because just the sort of the excess and the way that no face tempts them, uh, you know, and the way that, that evil and, uh, and, uh, you know, things can tempt us to do things that like six months earlier, a year earlier, we would never dreamed of doing that, but it just sort of, uh, you know, the money or the power or the prestige or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, with Yubaba, it's power. With uh, these people, it's money. It's gold. You know, yeah. the the different things, and that's what makes Chihiro special. Is that she uh, she is motivated by love. Yeah, and yeah, friendship. She's, she's just unaffected by it. And I wondered about that. I mean, part of it, I think, is because she's a child. You know, and that's just not part of her life. But then also, it's just her good character, yeah. right? That that yeah. Yeah. And just how much she is like grown from that whiny character at the beginning through hard work and through, I think, I think the fact that Haku rescued her, that made uh, all the difference uh, for her character. Like she had been, I, I can imagine that like once your life had been saved by anybody, you would be more sort of, it would change you. Yeah right yeah, it would change exactly. you who you are and how you look at people and i think there's definitely some of that here for mm-hmm. sure with chihiro and yeah. so yeah we kind of jumbled up the order and everything but but uh it's after yeah, she sorry. gives sorry to backtrack a little bit but no uh, i did it because that. so she she gives haku the dumpling uh and then that's when she confronts no face and he tries to tempt her with the gold and she says nope i've got to go find zaniba because uh the uh i was his name what i his name kamaji gives her his train ticket so there's this one-way train that will take her to uh zaniba's house yeah <laughs> and it ends up being that uh the the mouse and the little bird which are actually the baby and the bird uh, and the bigger bird that's turned into a little bird yeah. and no face and Chihiro all go on this journey and this is some of the most beautiful animation of uh, the whole thing it's, just stunning that that segment I, I just I just wanted to rewind it and watch it again it's <laughs> it's so beautiful because the train the train tracks are partially underwater yeah too and just the colors and the reflections and, and how they're able to animate that. Oh, was, was, the spirits was, on the train look uh, so great. And just so like, great. so it's just so masterfully done. I loved yeah. it. 
Yeah. And you just had all this sort of chaos. There's just something right. about that train ride that's just like, oh my gosh, that's it's, it's so good. It's this moment of peace you get. Yeah. Peace. And again, some question, wonder, like, oh, where's she going? Is she gonna? Is this gonna be okay? But she's yeah. doing it. You know. Yeah. I mean, she's she on just, the train and she's doing it. Yeah, I know. It, 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 you don't know exactly what Zaniba is going to say. Is she going to forgive Haku? What's going to happen? They end up getting there, and she does, and she becomes sort of an ally for them. When when she is with Zaniba, she realizes she has this memory of her falling into the river as a little girl. As a girl, yeah, or a young a younger child, but maybe three or four. She said or something. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Because Zaniba tells her, basically tells her that the black slug was what was controlling Haku and that Yubaba was, you know, using that and uh, that, uh, and uh, Haku, you see, you see him and uh, anyway, and so Zaniba uh, basically kind of tells her like, uh, tells her about the magic, tells her about what's been going on. And that's when she has this uh, recollection of uh of this river that she almost drowned in when she was a little girl and uh and that's when she realizes that haku is the river <laughs> and that's why they have this connection yeah that is the it's kahaku river and uh that is another just gorgeous sequence when when she's under the water and uh and you know, reliving this, this experience. Uh, and she realizes why they had such, such a connection is that, yeah, is that he had literally already saved her life once before. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think that's really great. Really beautiful. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Well, and wonder, wonderful scene. Yeah. And it's something I, I just kind of glossed over, uh, a lot of the times that I saw it. And then I, I don't know because I didn't really care that I didn't understand exactly what was going on because I was just so dazzled by the animation and <laughs> yeah. and everything else that it didn't matter to me. And I think this is a movie that you can watch again and again, get something oh. new, get something fresh out of it every you time. You see something it. new every time. There is so much going on in every yeah. frame of this film. Yeah. And so yeah, the last sort of test when she gets back uh, is that Yubaba asks her to identify her parents from among all of these pigs. And that if she can do it, then they will break, she'll break the curse. And Chihiro says that, uh, that none of them are her parents. And because, uh, you know, at this point, she, now that she's realized who Haku is, she's remembered her name. And, you know, she's starting to kind of get back to who she was. And uh, so she breaks the curse and her and her parents basically, uh, well, first Haku says, you have to, you have to walk and don't look back. <laughs> Just sort of wraps up for Chihiro and the, the story. Do you feel like it's satisfying? Well, it's, you know, it is, I think it is satisfying. It's just so nice to see her with her parents again, mm -hmm. you know, but uh and and it's it's a, it's very dramatic how it's done as they're as they're walking out you know kind of retracing their initial steps from from the, from the first of the movie uh, again a, a more confusion on my on my part not not 
trying to, oh, you know, hopefully not overthink it. But when they get back to the car, mm-hmm. it's it's been there. It's been time. You know, yeah. the, there's all oh, those yeah. all those dropped leaves and it wasn't like the car window open or there was some other it's stuff. Very dusty like, in the car. Yeah. And the road has been covered with more leaves or other things. And so I just wonder how, how, how long was this? Because again, unlike Wizard of Oz, you know, it wasn't like she just had a dream and a few hours mm-hmm. later, you know, she, she wakes up. That's true. They, they, they were, they went someplace and it almost seemed like those, those statues that, that, that that Chihiro was seeing as 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 they were approaching, that almost seemed like a warning, you know, at the beginning, uh-huh. had more moss on them. To me. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I think so. so. Yeah, it's true. I I mean, I I think it was actually I don't know if it was real time, but it right. was definitely many months. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see why her parents like. It would be interesting to know what her parents think and yeah, about all exactly. that. <laughs> Because he's like, oh, we got to get to the moving. Didn't they, isn't it, did they say some other comment about the moving van again? Yeah. And I'm like, well, the moving van, I think, was there months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your stuff's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Haku is always going to be a part of Chihiro. Yes. And yes. Uh, she'll always carry that sort of strength that she gained yeah. through this experience on into the rest of her life. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I wondered that I remember this the first time I watched it, and I it, the thought crossed my mind again to Rachel. And sorry to keep bringing up with the Wizard of Oz stuff, but it, again, I I wonder I wondered if it's all was like a dream, but mm-hmm. then with the, the way it ends, clearly it probably isn't. Uh, you yeah. wonder what you want, you know, you wonder what they'll all remember of it, but uh, it's still it's cool because again, Chihiro really she's she's she changes you know she's 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 braver than she was before yeah you know, more courageous than she was before definitely braver and uh just uh more you know more self-confident and uh she uh i don't know she just knows who she is which yeah. is so i think that if it was misaki's goal to provide 10 year olds with a movie that they would hold dear in their hearts i think that he very much succeeded in every way. (laughs) And uh, I, I just, it's just such a magical experience and it's such a beautiful, the animation is amazing. And he also said here, he says, I created a heroine who is an ordinary girl, someone with whom the audience can sympathize. It's not a story in which the characters grow up, but a story in which they draw on something already inside them brought out by the particular circumstances i want my young friends to live like that and i think they they too have such a wish yeah <laughs> i love that i that's love perfect. it yeah that's perfect <laughs> that is so beautiful and not not having thought about it a lot i was just like let's just approach this again with yeah. fresh eyes and i felt i feel the same way Am- amazing film but but personally not, not my sure. favorite studio ghibli but but wow, nothing but respect yeah. for it. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I it, it's it, they're all so amazing. How can you even decide? But uh, <laughs> I love Totoro True. so much too. Yeah. Uh, and that gets to an emotional truth. And maybe this one doesn't quite do, uh, but it's just so original. It's uh, so, so remarkable. Yeah. You just, uh, yeah. It's just 
remarkable film. Well, so we only have one more left. I know. I know. I'm so bummed. I'll be so sad. I will too. This has been so <laughs> fantastic. Oh, I just, I'm going to miss it. I we'll hope- have to figure out something else once a month to I talk know. about her. Seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been really, really fun. Uh, House Mummy Castle is next, which will be really interesting. I, I like it. I don't love it. Um, it's good. Yeah, I'm excited to see it on the big screen. I've never yeah. seen it on the big screen before. And again, I don't think I've seen a Japanese... Uh, you know, I haven't seen the yeah. sub version, so I'm Me excited. Either. excited about that. Yeah, that'll be good. And so, uh, where can people re- reach you, find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Stanford Clark, and uh, I also have a blog, StanfordClark.wordpress.com. Great, and I'll have that link, uh, all that in the description section. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes. Make sure to subscribe and leave your reviews and uh, your ratings on iTunes. I really appreciate it. And uh, you can find me at, at 54 Disney Reviews uh, for my uh, blog. And I'm really excited this month for Family Movie Night. We're doing, I'm doing all foreign films. So Oh, how cool. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be really fun. Uh, so uh, and make sure to check that out on Sunday. The first one I'm going to do is called Our Little Sister uh, by a wonderful uh, Japanese filmmaker uh, named, I don't know what his first name is, but it's Korida is his last name. And uh, he's an amazing, amazing master. So that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm excited. We're going to do an Iranian film, going to do a French film. So it'll be fun. So check that out. Oh, and uh, yeah, I hope you all have a happy Halloween. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and thanks so much for joining me to talk about Spirit Away. Thanks.